Welcome to another episode of the Calgary Fitness Podcast. Today, we've got Sanjay Sashdev. Now, he's a competitive endurance athlete who has competed in several world events and finished quite high in the rankings at several of the events, including top Canadian in 2018 at a marathon. Now, just after winning that, he came back home and noticed some pain, and he, he kind of was talking about that and said, you know, maybe it's just lingering marathon pain, but uh, it kind of stuck around a little bit. His wife encouraged him to get checked out, and he did after several tests. Turned out it was an aggressive form of testicular cancer. Now, instead of taking this news and letting it defeat him, he brought his bike into cancer treatment and fought it. I mean, he's a father of two. He's now in remission. Just a beautiful, beautiful story from Sanjay. He has such an inspiring message to those around him that you can beat this. Now, Sanjay even recorded some videos during his treatment as a way to send a message to the world. Um, he, I believe he was even saying that the only way that he could go through this, his coach said, okay, as long as you have the curtains open to send that inspiring message to those around him. And he was saying that complete strangers were walking up to him and, you know, just giving him kudos and and words of encouragement, and it gave them hope. And, and that's what a beautiful, beautiful message I think that um, Sanjay was doing while he was going through this. I'm going to link up to his YouTube videos that he recorded in the show notes. You got to check out these videos. Just a beautiful story. Now, during the interview, I asked him what his definition of grief was. And he texted me after the podcast, and he said, I want to change my answer. And uh, I, I just wanted to share it with you, the audience. He said, Quote, my answer is growth. We all have the opportunity to direct our adversity after we process it. Now, the adversities gives us massive opportunities to grow, learn, and be better. Just a beautiful answer. Sanjay, you're a beautiful person. You have an incredible story. Uh, please, please, please do me a favor. After you listen to this one or even before, give this podcast a five-star rating uh, make sure you share it with someone who needs to hear this message, especially dealing with this time in the world right now. It's it's a time of grieving for a lot of people. Maybe somebody that you know is dealing with cancer. Um, so make sure that they listen to this podcast because it's just he has an incredible message to share with the world. And I hope you get a ton of value out of this. Thank you so much. Give it a five star rating. Give it a review. Uh, and now let's get to Sanjay. Right now, supporting local is more important than ever, and so is eating high-end local-to-your-province products. Once I discovered True Local, a local company that delivers high-quality meats from local farmers right to your door, I thought it was important to share the word. Use the code TRUESLIMFITNESS at checkout and get three pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef on the house if you purchase a regular box. Now there's a link in the description of the podcast where you can discover more about the benefits of free run or grass-fed products. Plus we're supporting local farmers. Again, that code, True Slim Fitness, use that at checkout, T-R-U-S-L-I-M-M-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. -S. Use it at checkout to get three pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef on the house if you purchase a regular box. Thanks so much, here's the podcast. Sanjay, thank you so much for taking time to jump on the podcast. You came heavily referred to me by a mutual contact, Coach Cal. He said, you need to talk to Sanjay. You need to hear his story. And I mean, just 
reading up on what you've been through and everything like that has been incredible. But before we get there, I, I want to go back just a little bit and let's talk about kind of your journey into marathoning, running, cycling, everything. I, I want to know, you know, who you were as kind of like a mid-teen into your young 20, like early 20s. Like, tell me how your training went and, and you know, how you got into that sport. Yeah, well, I, I mean, first uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you uh, for, for reaching out to me and uh, and wanting to bring me on the podcast. I, uh, yeah, very much appreciate it. So first off, thank you. And I've definitely listened to a few of them in the past and I think you're doing some, some awesome things. So, um, yeah, so going back, uh, my, my background, um, I, I grew up in a, a house where my, uh, my dad was an avid cyclist. Um, he, uh, he tried to get me into biking and, uh, he'd always, I'd always have a bike. Um, he would, uh, he'd put me on the back of a tandem when he got it. We would go for three day trips and, um, we just had this, kind of love for for cycling uh, ever since I was very little um, and I always would see my dad running biking um, just he was very active that way um, as I grew up uh, I I went I always played sports but uh, but I kind of had this separation uh, from it for a little bit um, went to university I still uh, I played lacrosse at university um, and you know I wasn't kind of strictly uh, biking and running anymore I always just did it recreationally um, I, I got into, uh, lifting weights a little bit more, um, kind of more focused with my job and then, uh, ended up breaking my knee, um, while I was working. And, uh, and then, uh, I just kind of said, all right, I want to be more about mobility and, and get back into kind of the basics of running and biking and kind of where, where my passion and love was at a time. Um, so I said, uh, let's do a, let's do a triathlon. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, I signed up for, for Ironman Canada, which uh, was my first triathlon. I figured, um, I was, I, I didn't know enough about it. So I said, uh, let, let's jump into it. Um, which is where I initially met, uh, Cal Zariski. Um, and, uh, I phoned him up and said, listen, I'm, uh, I'm willing to work, uh, but I've never done a triathlon before. And this is what I signed up for. And uh, I could I could hear his uh, a little bit of apprehension on the phone when he was probably thinking this guy is absolutely mad, um, but uh, but yeah he was willing to jump in into it with me and uh, and we had a pretty good time with it. I, I, that is so incredible. Like I mean, right now you're you're what thirty seven, thirty eight. Uh, like when was that first Ironman? And you know, looking back, do you regret it? No, gosh, no. I was, uh, it was, it was 2016, um, that I signed up for it. Um, I was, uh, prior to that, I was, I was running and biking, um, as I was getting back into the sport, I was signing up for, for more, um, recreational events, uh, kind of around Canmore and, uh, and just trying different stuff out and kind of rebuilding that passion and, and kind of feel for, for the sport. Um, but yeah, you know, I, in 2016, I, I said, let's do it. Um, it was the same time my son was being born, um, which, which was probably the worst timing in the world, but, uh, uh, you know, in retrospect, but I had the idea in my head and, uh, and I wanted to, to go after it. So, um, and, and the unfortunate part is I started my training for triathlon in January. And of course the, the event was, uh, was in the summer. So it was, uh, it was a drinking from a fire hose for, for a few months to, to say the least, but, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely no regrets. It was, uh, it was definitely the start of something. Um, That's incredible. So, so talk about it. Like, how did you place? How did you finish? Like, tell me about the experience itself. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I I didn't know what to uh, what to experience. At, you know. For the for the event, you know, you do lots of training in individual, uh, you know, your swim training, your bike training, your run training, or maybe put a few of them together in, in a longer day. But obviously, with breaks and and uh, kind of separated. Um, yeah, you know, when I went into it, I I had I had a time in my head, um, which I think was very ambitious. But in the same breath, uh, I thought, hey, uh, you know, I don't know any better, so so let's have some fun. Um, and you know what? It, it worked out uh, pretty good. I think uh, including the pro category, so um, I finished 60th overall. Um, yeah, a time of 10:20 on the nose. Um, I, I just, you know, and, and of course the time, you know, it fluctuates. You never know your day on on long distance uh, sport events. But uh, but I just remember um, the swim. I thought if I get out of the swim, we're in good we're in good standing. The swim was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Um, I, I got on the bike and I remember the bike was so long and uh, I laughed at the volunteer after the bike and I just said, I have to run a marathon now, right? And he just started laughing at me and he's like, you do. And I was like, this is crazy. Absolutely insane. But uh, but you know what? In an event like that, you learn so much about yourself. Um, almost by the minute, every hour, the emotional changes, everything. And you sit back at, the, you know, regardless of your time, Regardless of whether you're a pro or an amateur, you sit back and you go, man, that I, I just experienced something I could never experience anywhere else. Um, it, it was such a, such a unique event, uh, such a positive event with people. Uh, you know, everyone cheering you on, strangers you never met before that you're, you're learning about uh, over the course of this 10 to 17 hour day. Um, and uh, yeah, it was incredible. And, and for me personally, I felt that it was, uh, I found something really unique where uh, for it just really catered to the person I am of, uh, and, and kind of the sport that I wanted to pursue. Um, not so much into Ironman, but more into that long distance. Um, yeah, it just, it really, it kind of ignited a, and sparked something in me that I was like, I really like this, you know, where you have to really kind of have those multiple ebbs and flows of, of digging deep, finding yourself and, and then mm-hmm. kind of that, coming out of that, that grittiness, right? So I'm like, I mean, you said your time was 1020. Like, I'm curious, when do you kind of zone out where it's like, I don't feel my body anymore? Like it's, is it during the swim? Is it during the bike? Are you like, just kind of going with the flow? Like, tell me about that. Like, I because I, I, I've never done an Ironman myself, but I assume that there's got to be some sort of you know, mental connection going on or, or maybe that you just kind of, it's like an out of body experience. Well, you know what, that, that's one thing I'll definitely give to, uh, you know, a lot of credit to Cal is that we, we spent so much time working together and really found those sweet spots in those pockets to, uh, to, to kind of, uh, keep that, that sustained effort, um, within, within that, the, your, your wheelhouse really of, of where your training's at, um, to make sure that that day is, is a successful day. So, um, you know, to say, I'd say kind of near the near the end of the run, you definitely uh, the runs a it's a hard one on the head because you've already put in um, a substantial amount of time and now you're uh, yeah you, it's almost like you can see and especially on a looped course you can see the finish multiple times but you're not there and uh, so that you know it's harder on the head but certainly um, yeah certainly felt really prepared going into it. So so talk take me through the timeline of events then. So we had we had the first Ironman. Um, and then I guess, tell me how things progressed all, and you mentioned go, coming up to the event. So like, 
Did you continue going through races? And how did you first get that diagnosis? Yeah, so you know what? I finished Ironman. Um, really felt great. Uh, you know, obviously feeling in, in really good shape. Um, I uh, From there, I actually went to Xterra, um, the Xterra qualifiers, uh, which is off-road triathlon. Um, and I thought, hey, let's let's give this a shot while kind of you're, you're maintaining that fitness level for, for multi-sport. Um, went to the qualifier and I, and I got very fortunate and, um, and I, I punched my ticket to, to worlds. Um, so yeah, over the moon with that. So, um, my, my third ever triathlon was flying to Maui and doing, uh, doing worlds there, which was just a, such a cool experience, you know, um, so much to be grateful for. And, uh, um, we, uh, so my, my wife and, uh, my newborn son, we went to, uh, we flew to Hawaii first time ever landing in Maui. And, uh, I'm sure it wasn't the trip that they planned because of course I was, uh, stress levels were high and trying to get training in and acclimatized. And, uh, um, but yeah, you know, I got there, uh, terrible weather. It absolutely poured, um, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's what makes off-road triathlon so much fun. Um, I took a, took an an awesome crash on the bike that, that kind of uh, put me out of contention. But, uh, again, that's, that's just the, that's the sport. So, um, yeah, you know, it, lots to take away from it. Um, I came back from, from the U S then, um, took a little bit of time just to some downtime for myself. And then, uh, obviously, uh, with the family life and kind of new family life, I decided um, I'd still like to pursue racing, uh, but I just needed to uh, kind of uh, focus a little more on one sport as, a, as opposed to three. Uh, running always uh, was something I, I just loved doing, so I figured I'd focus on running. Um, but I didn't want to kind of go the half marathon marathon route. I, I, I wanted to try and tackle the ultra marathons um, as I felt like that fitness could kind of continue on so uh i i got a, a kind of a nice partnership with planet foods and uh and also with uh with cal where um i went to golden to do the three-day golden ultra and then um came back home and did uh did the grizzly ultra uh, about uh, i think it was 12 days later um and both of those those races uh they were they were amazing there was my kind of off-road ultras um absolutely unreal uh you know really found a, a good love for that kind of 50k distance um again after those two races i took a little bit of a break and then uh i said all right i'm not racing anymore um you know we'll take uh, take some time for the family and one of my good friends um he was a professional runner uh, jacob pusey um he's from the u.s but he races in canada and of course he phoned me up and said nationals 50k nationals are going to be held in uh, calgary this year um put your application in as an elite and, uh, and come race for the title. And of course <laughs> my wheels were spinning. Um, you know, I never had the chance to race as an elite yet. Um, my application got accepted. So I was, uh, you know, this was something that I thought, all right, this is going to be, it's going to be really neat. Um, you know, toe the line with some, some good guys and, and especially in my own backyard and basically just see, see what we can do. Um, yeah, so I uh, got to the start line. Um, myself and Jacob battled it out, and uh, Jacob doesn't probably wouldn't admit it very often, but he uh, he absolutely he put the wheels wheels to me that day. So, but uh, but yeah, it was great. Um, like I finished second, uh, top Canadian, and um, yeah. So you know, at, at that point, where my head was at, you know, uh, 
I knew we had work to do, but in the same breath, I knew that um, I belonged in that category and I, I knew that uh, the things could definitely progress in a, in a positive way from here. Um, I went away for work uh, to the East Coast for a little bit. And uh, when I was over there, I mean, everything's sore uh, after an ultra marathon. Uh, your eyelashes to your toes are pretty much uh, <laughs> pretty much needing ice at that point. Um, but, uh, but you know, I had some abnormal pain that I, I was experiencing. Uh, I got on the phone with my wife and, uh, and of course, she already had every appointment booked for me. But by the time I landed, um, I got home and, uh, and I guess to, to cut a lot of, um, a lot of the uh, out between the conversations with the doctors, but about two weeks later, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, let's just pause there for a sec. Like a lot of people, when they hear those words, you have cancer. I mean, for you to hear that as a, as a young man, a young father, you've got a family that's just, you know, just starting out and, and tell me how it felt when you heard that diagnosis. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a powerful word. I mean, it's, uh, it's a word that's, you know, uh, the disease touched everybody. I mean, every single person uh, you talk to, anyone uh, from a stranger to a family member to, to your best friend, it's, uh, it's a disease that's touched somebody in some personal way. Um, it's, it's really tough when you, when you hear it, when you feel like you're, uh, you know, at the top of your fitness level and, and you feel, you know, I felt fit, I felt healthy, um, really in control of, of kind of what I was doing, my training. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's the farthest thing from where my head was at at that time um, to, to, you know, to someone saying, hey, you're sick. But, you know, for me at the time, I'm sitting there saying, I'm, I'm not sick. I feel, I feel good. I have some abnormal pain, but I feel good. Um, so it was really difficult. Um, part of the difficulty too, is that the doctors couldn't, um, make that decision on what it was. And, and that sounds really strange, but, um, at the time, uh, they were doing ultrasounds and different tests. And I basically had a split room of doctors where, um, half of them said, Hey, look, this, this looks like it could be cancer. And the other half said, no, absolutely not. So, um, we actually got to the point where we, uh, the only way we could tell was to do a surgery. Um, fairly invasive surgery to to actually remove um, not only the mass but but uh, an area around it um, and to put it under a microscope and find out what was happening. Uh, the pain was increasing. Um, of course, I didn't want to go through with the surgery for the sake, you know, just for just to, um, you know when it could be everything could be fine. So, uh, but just due to the pain and kind of what we were where we were at, um, went through with the surgery, still not knowing what was the problem. Uh, and then of course, uh, they, they not only told me I, I had cancer, but I had a fairly, uh, the cancer was metastasizing uh, quite quickly and it's quite aggressive form of cancer. So, uh, that kind of sparked, uh, a lot more tests. Um, they thought at first the cancer was, uh, was all taken, uh, within the surgery. Uh, and then, of course, uh, my blood levels spiked quite high uh, for tumor markers, and then they realized that it had metastasized to my lymph nodes and my lungs at that point. Um, so the next stop uh, for that type of cancer is the brain. Uh, I had an emergency CT scan for my brain. Luckily, uh, it had not gotten to that point yet. So the options were uh, a really radical uh, surgery where they basically um, uh, cut your entire chest open uh, vertically, uh, take out the entire chain of lymph nodes, and then um, and then 
uh, basically put you back together. Um, which in all honesty uh, versus the cancer treatments at that time was was a very viable option. Um, the problem at that point was because my blood levels had spiked so much, they said if they did this surgery, uh, there's nothing saying two weeks, two months, a year later that um, it would have it would have already spread to my brain. So um, at that point, um, we met with our oncologist on a Thursday, August long weekend, and uh, we were told we were starting chemo Monday. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but was this did this start as t t testicular cancer? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was it was testicular cancer, um, and and I mean it's funny because my first thoughts of testicular cancer uh, prior to any of this is, um, you know, your initial thoughts are oh, it's it's not as serious. Um, it would be fairly isolated. Um, I, I had no idea, uh, you know, I've, I read Lance Armstrong's book and it ended up being the same uh, type of testicular cancer Lance Armstrong had. Um, and so, you know, my my views, my superficial views on this were, were nothing close to what it actually was. I, I had no idea that uh, at this point, you know, my chest, my lungs and potentially my brain would be affected. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it came as a, a massive, massive shock. <laughs> So you spent some time at the Tom Baker, um, and I mean, Global News did a piece on you, which I just think you took this experience and, you know, a lot of people could take that as, this is awful, like it's devastating. You could hang up the, the, the towel and you could just say, you know what, I'm gonna go through my treatment, but you kind of flipped it a different way and you said, I want to inspire people and I want to bring my bike into the building. So, t so tell me about that and what your mission was and why you decided this was so important to do while you were going through, I mean, chemotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, day one, I, uh, I didn't want to be too intrusive. So I, I have to admit, you know, I, I read, um, Lance Armstrong's uh, book and, um, you know, I remember he was cycling through his chemotherapy and, uh, I sat back and thought, all right, that's, you know, maybe this is an option. Day one of chemo, uh, you walk into the Tom Baker. I've never been to the Tom Baker before. Uh, you meet uh, nurses. It's, and I've told a lot of people this, but it's like your first day of school. You're you're in a brand new building. You have essentially teachers who are the nurses. Uh, they bring you to a classroom and you sit there and you're with a, a lot of people, a lot of strangers you don't know, uh, but you do all have some commonality between yourselves. And, uh, and you sit there. So for me personally, my protocol, um, I would do three eight hour days consecutive on, um, with the IVs in. And uh, then I go home, do five days of treatments at home. And then uh, basically that would repeat every 21 days. Um, so I sat there for the first eight hours on day one. And uh, I thought this, uh, there, there has to be, a, a, for me personally, I can't sit still. Um, I'm, I'm an active person, but I thought if I have to sit here for eight hours, I can't go for walks, I can't do anything. Um, I, I thought this, I, I ha there has to be a way I can do this. Um, I spoke to some friends and, uh, and they said, listen, if this is, uh, you, th these are your treatments, um, make sure you do them your way. And, uh, and so I sat back and said, all right, what would, what, what would make me feel comfortable here. And I, I knew I couldn't wheel a treadmill in there. <laughs> um, but, uh, but in the same breath, I thought, you know what, um, I'm bringing my bike in here 
and uh, and I'm going to make sure that I'm I'm on that bike whenever I can, however I can. Um, and to me, it was it was kind of my safety blanket in there. Um, it was something I knew. It was a, a part of me that I I you know that it was, it's a passion to me. It's it's something I, I absolutely loved, and uh, and so I sat there and I thought, you know what? I and I, it was funny. I had already printed out all the literature from Australia and the U.S. on how physical activity helps through chemo chemotherapy and, and not only physical activity, like vigorous physical activity. So I had it all printed out. So when I first talked to the doctors, they said, no. Um, when I talked to the nurse, the nurse said, I showed her the, the stuff right away. And, and I'm so fortunate to have had, you know, the right nurse uh, at the right time. And she said, you know what, you bring your bike in and I'll deal with my bosses. And uh, I, to this day, I can't, uh, you know, I just, I felt like everything just happens for a reason. Um, I brought my bike in, I brought my trainer in on day two and, uh, she, she said, the only uh, stipulation I have is that your curtain stays open because I want other people to see that, you know, you can do this while, while you're receiving treatments. So, uh, so I said, sure, uh, let, you know, let's do this. And, uh, it was really neat, you know, uh, I think it was probably, I think it was the second day or the third day, but I had a lady come in and say like, Hey, I bike to and from chemo. I've never thought about biking here. She started asking. Another lady said, I'm, I'm a runner. I'm going to ask them to move my, my port that they, they give you for chemo in your chest. I'm going to ask them to move it so I can get my sports bra on so I can make sure I can be running. And it was really neat because you started meeting all these people with common interests or even people. Um, I, on my last day, I met a gentleman. Um, he he must have been in his 60s, but he came over um, and he, he was showing me the picture of the, the new bike he bought. And uh, and I was just like, this is this is just amazing. Um, and of course, you know, I sit back and physical activity is I talk about it in one of my videos, you know, physical activity is my passion. Um, something, you know, and I don't expect everyone to have that that same passion. But I certainly can tell you that. Um, when you experience that adversity and you get hit, uh, not necessarily with cancer, but with anything in your life, and you can hold on to those pieces of yourself and stay true to yourself through that adversity, you are going to be yourself on the back end of that, right? And that and that's the truth in, in not letting adversity define you, you know, you you sitting back. And, and that was a big thing for me. I said, if like, cancer is not going to define me. I'm not, I'm not the person that I'm not going to be saying, I'm Sanjay and I have cancer. Um, I'm, I'm defining my own journey through this. Um, I know there's a chance that, um, that, that things may not work out well at the back end of this, but I certainly am going to make sure that I'm doing it my way through it. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to define my journey through this without a doubt. That is incredible. And I mean, one thing that, you know, cancer does not discriminate. So tell me how that kind of shifted your perspective, I guess, or, you know, respected cancer itself? Like, how did that, how did that kind of change your mindset? You know, I mean, again, we go back to, you're a young guy, you've got your whole life ahead of you. Like, how did you feel, you know, about that? Yeah, you know, it, and there's no, there's no soft way to say it, you know, you sit back and you look at your family and you look at yourself and, um, you know, it's it's hard. You have to reflect on everything at that point, right? You you hear the words, and uh, and you have to take that time without a doubt. Um, you know, none of us are robots. Uh, you 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 have to sit back and, and acknowledge what's happening, what could happen, um, and, and you need that time. I, I took that time. Um, yeah, you know, there, it's an emotional for everybody, right? And, and you you sit there and you say the words are to me. 
Um, but you know, that, that ripples to so many people, all of your loved ones, your family, um, everybody. Right. So, you know, you sit back for, uh, for me personally, I sat back and I took the time to digest it. Um, but in the same breath, uh, you know, you have to sit back and say, all right, now, like I have this, what am I going to do? Um, you know, and you, and you sit there and it's funny, you know, I, I read a quote, um, a while back, you know, you, you don't count the days, make the days count. And, and you, and you, that's all you can do. So you, you know, I, I, I looked at, I looked at what I had and, uh, I looked at what my abilities were within it. And there's a lot of unknowns, but in the same breath, it's, you know, you, you have to sit back, own it. And, and really it's going to be what you want to do with it. And, uh, and for that, I, I couldn't. I couldn't sit back. I, I had to, I had to go at it, uh, full charge. And, you know, I had make jokes to my friends saying at the very least at the end of this cancer is going to make sure it had a stage four version of Sanjay and, and that's it. Um, you know, and that was my mentality going into it. And, uh, and that's, you know, for anyone listening as well, going through any adversity. I mean, that's, that's what I'd encourage you to do every day. Make sure that they, whatever you're going through realizes that you are on top of it. Love that. Cancer had a stage four case of Sanjay. I love that. That is like, what a way to kick cancer right in the face, right? Like it's <laughs> once you, once you kind of put it in that perspective, uh, I'm really curious, like how long was the treatment? I mean, and I, I really want to know, there must've been some days where you're like, I don't want to get on my bike today. Or uh, I'm just assuming like you mentioned the people coming around, like, tell me how much they inspired you to get on that bike and stay consistent for them too. Like, I'm really curious about that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, I, without a doubt, the, the days are, um, like chemotherapy, you know, you, you Google it, you look, uh, anything online or talk to people and, um, there's not a whole lot of positives that you're gonna, you're gonna read or, or hear about. Um, and that's the reality. It's, uh, it doesn't differentiate between good and bad cells and it kills everything um, to the point that the cancer goes, but a lot of, a lot of other things go. Um, so yeah, for good and bad days, um, it, it really depended on the day. Um, I went through uh, 84 days of treatment. Um, I was, my goal was to stay active for every, every day of the treatment. Um, I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea. You know, a lot of people ask me, what can we do? What are you going to need? Um, we're here to help. And, and honestly, at that point, I truly had no idea what to even tell people. Um, I, I didn't know what was going to help uh, from day one to day 50 to day 84. Um, so I, I just, I had this idea in my head that we're staying active every day. Every single day, um, I am staying active and holding myself accountable to it. So I just told everyone who wanted to help to stay active with me every day. Um, I had, it was, you know, at first I thought it was a way of, you know, I thought, hey, it would be cool if one or two people. Um, I had coworkers that had never put on their running shoes in, in literally, and I can honestly say like decades, that were sending me uh, videos of them running a kilometer. And, you know, you'd sit there on, on the bad days and you'd be laying in bed and you're like, I, I don't have it today. I can't, like, I, I can't. And you pick up your phone and you'd see, uh, you know, one of the guys sending you a video and saying, hey, I ran my kilometer. It sucked, but I ran it for you. And you're going to go, and so, you know, I was laying in bed and, and I'd say, all right, this is going to suck too. But I'm, you know, the reason they're doing it for me is the reason I'm going to go do it for them. Um, 
you know, you you wake up and and you see your family every morning. It's a it's a pretty easy reason to to get out of bed and do it. So, um, for me, that was that was kind of the the push behind it. I have days where <laughs> I'd make it 200 meters up the road and do a, a terrible walk uh, home. I I would have to. I, there was there were some very bad days, um, lots of sickness. Uh, people on the trails probably thought I was I was the most hungover runner <laughs> out there. But uh, but in the same breath, you know, I, I knew I, I didn't have to answer questions to anybody at that point, and uh, I knew what I was doing. Uh, I knew I, why I was doing it, and uh, and I, you know, that that community that that got built around that uh, was something I never expected. I was so grateful for, and uh, yeah, it was incredible. Like talk about that support network a little bit too. Like it goes from, you know, just your small little family to your extended family and now complete strangers who are following along on that journey. So like, I guess, how did you document or did you document it over the 84 days? Like how were how people getting them, knowing who Sanjay was while you were going through treatment? Yeah, you know, initially I, I, I made, um, one of my friends, a uh, very close friend, uh, Graham Sherman, he he said, "Listen, let's let's make videos, let's document some of this, and uh, and you know you'll have them." And he said, uh, he kept saying, "Let's let's just document it, so one day your kids know uh, know what a badass person you are." <laughs> and I said, "I said, you know what, buddy, we'll bring the bring the stuff over. I have nothing but time at this point, so let's uh, let's." let's do it. Um, he's very passionate about his uh, video skills and he's amazing at it. And uh, so we made uh, two YouTube videos, um, kind of one at the kind of beginning of the journey and, and one near the end, uh, just to document where things were at. And uh, initially they were just made for my family. They were just made for, for my kids to be able to see. Um, he kind of came up to me and said, listen, I think these could be something more. And I think we should we should put these up to uh, on YouTube. I think they could help some people. Um, I reluctantly, I, I mean, I, I don't even have Facebook, so I, I'm not very, uh, I'm not very tech savvy. But I said, listen, if it if it means that you can do it, and I, I don't have to try and uh, fiddle my way around a computer and do it, then let, then yes, I'm okay with it. Um, I was not expecting the response to be uh, as overwhelming as it was. Um, again, I'm so fortunate for it. Um, I'm so grateful for that we decided to go down that road from the people I've met um, that I've heard have helped, you know, the videos have helped them um, from, from, you know, it, it's opened so many doors of, of me meeting people and being able to talk to people and the amount that they, you know, complete strangers I've never met, they were able to help me uh, through my journey through cancer and in remission, um, you know, and in turn, uh, that it, it was even you know the goal was if it could help one person that that's amazing um i just yeah, just so humbled by by the response from those videos i mean i just i just had a peek while you were talking about it too i mean almost eight thousand views just on one of the videos like it is touching people it is i mean you're doing I, i'm so I, I to be honest i'm a little bit sad there were only two videos because they were so well put together and it just it spoke volumes about who you were who you were uh, who you are as a person i don't want to say who you were because you can tell that you still have that mindset and you still have that drive and you still have that passion to inspire others so you know i acknowledge you for that that, that that's awesome to see that is so incredible like i'm really curious tell me how this whole experience like what does grief mean to you what does that word mean to you? 
grief. That's a that's a tough question. Um, I, I, that's that's hard to answer. I um, let me flip it this way. Let me flip it this way. So. I mean, the cancer diagnosis is tough, but right now we are in a worldwide pandemic where a lot of people are dealing with maybe not, um, you know, the cancer diagnosis, but there are periods where people are dealing with, they're grieving. They're grieving the life that they once knew. They're grieving the way that they felt, uh, you know, the, the way that they thought their life was going to be. So, I mean, and maybe talk about how, you know, something that could you know, block the road or cause adversity or something like that. Like, tell me how that, I guess, the best way to progress through that. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I kind of what I mentioned before, like you, you know, adversity comes to us in, in a pile of different ways through our life. And uh, some people will deal with a lot more adversity, some will deal with less. And, and it's hard to even measure that on a scale because uh, what, you know, something that could, uh, you know, really affect me it may not someone else but but i mean that's so individual too right and uh the reality is that we're all going to experience adversity in our life um you know you sit back and yeah you know you you have that grieving time and like i said i you know i took the you know you have to you have to sit back and say okay this is what's happening this is what's in front of me and this is how it's affecting me um and of course this is this is just this is kind of how i i deal with things um but in the same breath, you have to say, "Okay, is this gonna? Is this how? Is this gonna define me? Um, everything I've done to this point, everything that that I've done to define who I am as a person, am I gonna let this adversity affect define me as who I am now?" And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to in little bits. Um, but ultimately, you have to sit back and say, "Am I gonna define? Is is this adversity gonna define me?" Or am I going to define myself through this adversity? Um, if you have that, you know, everyone, people, I've talked to people and people have said, um, you know, comments that I've gotten are, you know, a lot about strength. Um, you know, you were strong prior going into this. You were fit going into this. You, you have a strong, you know, you, you have this multi-sport background and you're, you've already developed this strength. And it's funny because strength, strength, like lifting weights, uh, running fast, you know, that that's not that's not strength you know strength comes from this uh you know developing this this will inside you that you, that you truly believe will not be beat if you can develop like once you develop that will you know you you can sit back at, at that point and, and you, no matter what adversity you're, you're going to get hit with sure you're going to have to sit back and reflect on it but in the same breath you know it, it the adversity you're you're going to look at it you're going to take pieces of yourself and you make sure that you are that same person on the back end of it however it is however you have to change things and uh and you know that was my mentality going into it every time and uh you know you it, it it opens so many different doors too because you you know you you go there and you say okay how do you how if you how do we bring this out in people right how do you how do you spark that that inner will that inner you know uh i cannot be defeated attitude and and a lot of it comes from like, what are we doing around ourselves? What are the doctors doing around us? What are what are we doing as trainers, as as educators, to to truly empower the people around us? Right? You know, 
I got prescription pads saying these are the five pills you'll take for for anti nausea um, or or whatever the drugs you need to take during chemo. But in the same breath, what if that prescription pad said, here are the two walks you have to do every day. Here are the, you know, because you sit back and go, I just don't have the, I don't have the strength, I don't have the energy to do it. But in the same breath, if you had that person behind you saying, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. And not only that, I'm going to tell you, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. And we empower those people around us to do it. That will, that, that inner strength is just going to sit there and just start growing and growing and growing. And that, you know, it's not about, oh, you had the strength before. It's what are we going to do right now to build that strength in people to say, hey, listen, this is going to be me. This I, I am hit with this adversity, but I sure as hell am going to make sure that I'm that same person on the back end of this, however I need to be, if not stronger. So treatment is done. You got to tell me what the feeling was like to ring that bell. Oof. Yeah, emotional. Yeah, very emotional. I, uh, I still have a very hard time watching that last video. Yeah, very hard time. It's uh, it's hard to believe because you, um, you know, when you're doing it, you barely have the energy to even ring it. <laughs> um, it's kind of the last of the treatments. Everything's built up to that point. Uh, the cool thing, though, is that while you're from day one until the last day of treatment, uh, you hear the bell almost daily. And uh, it's a really cool feeling in there. Um, everyone's clapping, cheering, um, even the people that, um, are just, you know, you can tell when, when people are just wiped from the, from the drugs and, and laying in their chairs, you can see them spark up when that bell goes. Um, it's a really unique feeling. And, uh, it's kind of like when you see all the grad classes ahead of you, ahead of you, ahead of you, and you're like, oh, it'll never be my time. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're there. Um, it was, yeah, you know, to, and to have my wife there, um, it was just incredible. That what what a special moment and what a special moment to capture too because this is like like you said it's hard to watch but you know maybe down the road ten years from now you could always look back and say damn cancer to had a stage four case of Sanjay right yeah absolutely it's um yeah it, it was a super proud moment and uh, you know you you almost wish that every person throughout that time could. Be like they deserve to ring it just as much as you do. So where are you now? I mean, is the cancer gone? Are you in remission? Like, how are you feeling now? Yeah, you know what? Um, so this December, I will be uh, two years in remission, um, which is fantastic. And yeah, you know, over the moon, I'm still doing tests every three months, um, chest x-rays, CTs, blood work, um, which, which won't stop for the, for the five years to be considered cancer-free. But, um, yeah, you know, huge, uh, every three months is a, is another, you know, step in the right direction. Um, I came, when I found out I was in, uh, in remission, I think it was, uh, it would have been just after that. Um, I got a phone call, uh, saying that because, uh, world, the 50 K worlds weren't held in, uh, the year I qualified for them. Um, that they were going to be held and I was holding a spot for Team Canada. So they said, hey, do you want to, uh, are you ready to go? Are you ready to run? Uh, not knowing much of my background or what I'd gone through for the last year. And uh, in my, in my, uh, I guess, 
stupidity at the time, of course, I covered up the phone, uh, looked at my wife and said, yep, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And, uh, and I remember she was like, you are not ready to go, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, so I, in seven, in my seven months of remission, um, I luckily was able to, uh, to head over to, to Europe to have one, which I promised was going to be my last race. Um, it was, it was a lot more than a race to me. Uh, it was a giant, uh, kind of FU to cancer. Um, all the people that supported me up to that point, um, it was it was just for, it was for everybody else except for myself. Um, it's something I felt like I had to do um, and it was one of the proudest moments for sure. Tell me that feeling of crossing the finish line. Oh, I was wrecked. <laughs> um, body wasn't ready. Um, but you know what? We... Uh, so I say that twofold body body wasn't wasn't ready but in the same breath um I had an amazing coaching team that came, got behind me um and did everything they could to put me into the right place um I ended up at the start line with a bunch of guys that I watched their YouTube videos of you know pro runners and I was like oh my gosh I I'm not even sure if I should be towing the line with uh with any of these guys uh but then in the same breath I said you know what None of these guys have been through what I've been through. Um, none of them have a hurt locker as deep as mine, and uh, and at the very least, they're gonna they're gonna see uh, they're gonna see I, I can I can go into like after this last year I um, I can go to a place that I know they can't, and uh, and so that was my mentality going in. Um, I, I <laughs> tried my very best to hang on to uh, to the top pack for a while, uh, settled into kind of a chase pack, and uh, I ended up about eight kilometers left. Um, the legs just didn't want to go anymore. In the same breath, um, I knew if I had to crawl across the line, if it was going to be midnight, um, that's the way it's going down. Uh, but in no way would I, I do anyone that disservice or disrespect. Um, so... I gathered my thoughts. I knew I was going to, in all honesty, I knew at some point in that race, I was going to be, uh, kind of be in the shit. And, uh, and luckily I, I sat back and said, all right, you've, <laughs> you've had the best preparation for this. So, so let's get after it. And, uh, it was incredible. Um, I was able to, uh, someone had to be the Canadian flag when I finished. Um, it was incredible. And it was eight minutes faster than my national time. So I was, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty happy. What a cool, I mean, what a cool way to kind of finish that off. That is incredible. That is like, I just got chills when you said you were handed that Canada flag, like to have that and just the people behind you, like incredible. That's awesome. Um, what's your training like now? I mean, today we're recording mid-November, but uh, I'm really curious. I mean, you, you're probably training at home right now, but uh I mean, are you training for anything specific at the moment? I am training to live till I'm 90 right now. That that is the goal. Um, you know what? I uh, I was like I said, I was I've been so fortunate to to have uh, great opportunities through the racing world. Um, great coaches um, like Cal and Malk, uh, Kent, and and just met some great people through the racing world. That all being said, um, you know, cancer and, and any any kind of big. Uh, change in your life uh, forces a lot of perspective change um in saying that you know i have uh 
a two and a four year old now, uh, a wife that has put up with uh, <laughs> early morning race starts to standing at the line with screaming kids. And, uh, and you know, I, I can't, I can't be thankful enough uh, for, for the support I've had at home. Uh, that being said, I also uh, know that I need to take that step back from racing. And, uh, and it was the best decision I made, to be honest. I'm, uh, I, I'm spending so much more time with my kids. Um, I'm running and biking lots, but on my own time. Um, you know, it's funny. I was told something from, from one of my old coworkers that you have to see what you're looking at. And, uh, I said to my wife, I'm like, man, these, these trails, I always run. Uh, it's amazing. There's there's these amazing bridges. There's all this stuff, but you know, when it's not about pace and staring at a watch all the time, um, it's really neat to just, just to run on my own terms and, and bike on my own terms. And, uh, and it's been incredible. So I'm still running, still biking lots, uh, spending some time in the gym, uh, but making sure I'm spending a lot of time at home. Well, Sanjay, like I am, I am surprised with how long this conversation has gone. It feels like we just scratched the surface. I could talk to you all day long, so I have to have you back on a part two, but I do want to be respectful for, of your time. I've got one final question here while I still have you. I guess, how would you have defined, I mean, if we spoke before the diagnosis, before 2017, how would have you defined fitness and how do you define it now? Oh, wow. Um, I, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, how would I define fitness? You know, I, 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 would, I, I think I'd always define it as necessary. Always. Um, and, and that's just, you know, uh, and, and you strip that down, you know, you don't need at any level, I think it's always necessary, um, just for good health, for mental stability, um, for meeting amazing people. Um, so, you know what, before I would say it was necessary and, and now even more so, uh, I would definitely say it's necessary. Um, that, that definition hasn't changed, uh, as long as you keep that within the, you know, the broad range of, of every ability level and, uh, and demographic for sure. Well, Sanjay, I want to acknowledge you here before before I let you go. I want to acknowledge you for allowing yourself to be human when something knocks at your door. You process that and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, but you don't let it bring you down and it, you, you don't let it get to a point where it's devastating for you. And I acknowledge you for that. I, I acknowledge you for a dedication to a goal. The fact that you committed to 84 days of, of trying to keeping that body moving, even though you had the cancer diagnosis and it was quite aggressive. Uh, you were going through some chemotherapy that, you know, your family had to support you through. So I acknowledge you for that. Um, and digging into that hurt locker. I mean, there's there's nobody in the world that can experience what you went through um, while they may have similar stories. They're not exactly the same as Sanjay. So I just want to acknowledge you for taking all of that and still inspiring others because a lot of people could say no i'm shutting everything down i need this time for me i need to find time to focus but you took that as an opportunity to help others so i acknowledge you for that thank you so much i mean what a beautiful story and i thank you for sharing it with on the calgary fitness podcast 
And I, honestly, I, I really, uh, yeah, thank you so much for for taking the time to share my story. Um, one quick thing while you while you are talking about helping others, um, you know, I, obviously this is a, a podcast, so you can't see, but uh, the hat I'm wearing today, uh, this is in support of uh, the the gentleman I spoke about, Jacob Pusey. Um, his brother right now, who is a international icon, uh, top marathon runner in the world, uh, is going through a, a terrible cancer cancer battle himself. Um, he, uh, yeah, so he's he's dealing with his stuff in the U.S. right now. But Craft Sports is, uh, has definitely um, put uh, put all the donations for all the hats and shirts, uh, the Run with Rivs uh, hats and shirts. So. I'm wearing that today. I just got it in the mail today, actually, in support of him. So I always want to uh, not only not only give him a shout out, but uh, but you know, there's a there's another guy who's who's going through a, a hell of a battle, and he's uh, his his words of inspire inspiration through it are, are incredible. So wow! And uh, if you can, like, send me that, and I'll put it in the show notes. If people do want to get more details about that, and maybe they can support the cause as well, I think that would be that'd be awesome. Um, is there any place where people can find out more about you, what you're up to, whether it's the social media, whether it's, you know, the YouTube, YouTube videos, websites, anything like that that you want to throw out? Yeah, absolutely. So my YouTube channel, um, which, uh, which I'll, I'll definitely give you the, the link of, I'm not sure if there's a, um, I guess, a, a, some, some quicker way to, to get to it. I'm, I, I will learn this stuff. I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, my, uh, my Instagram is, uh, sj.sashdev and, um, yeah, you know, as we kind of continue this journey and, uh, getting into this a little bit more, I'm definitely going to be pushing a, a lot more with the new cancer center to, to hopefully get some, some physical, some fitness equipment in there. Um, you know, we, it's a, it's going to be an interesting, interesting conversations, but that, that is definitely a goal with the new cancer center. And, uh, yeah, you know, just continue, uh, continue. This is kind of step one of hopefully doing, um, you know, some more podcasts and some public speaking to, to really help some people out, uh, not only going through cancer, but just, uh, you know, the adversities in their life and, and how to, how to look at them, tackle them. And, uh, yeah. Love it. Sanjay, thank you so much for your time today. Hang on the line for a sec. I'm going to stop the recording, but I just want to wrap up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Calgary Fitness Podcast with Sanjay Sashdev, one of my favorite episodes so far. It's just a beautiful message from Sanjay. Thank you so much for sharing. If you could do me a huge favor, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you got some value out of it, make sure you share it with someone. You can just easily uh, share the link with someone that you know, send them a text, send them an email, send them a Facebook message. Whatever you need to do to get this, uh, share this with someone else. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. And do me a favor, give it a five-star rating and leave a written review. Have a good day.